This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It is Friday, and welcome to your Friday Rush Hour, another week on the way out the door. If you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Yesterday, of course, we celebrated the life of an American icon, Burt Bacharach. And I had so many comments after the show from people commenting about the wonderful music that Burt Bacharach has given to the world. There's a lot going on today, too. Some of it good, some of it otherwise. The United States military has shot down an object, they say, object, flying around off of the territorial waters of the United States in Alaska. Uh, The National uh, Security Council spokesperson, John Kirby, confirmed that the Department of Defense was tracking a high-altitude object over the airspace in Alaska for the last 24 hours. The object was flying at 40,000 feet, posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. So, out of an abundance of caution... And the recommendations of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to shoot it down. The object landed on frozen water somewhere up there in the tundra. And we don't know what it was yet, who sent it, why it was sent, why it was flying The object was described as roughly the size of a small car, which sounds a lot smaller than the beach ball, the white beach ball, the white supremacist satellite that the Chinese were flying over. Mr. Kirby also said he didn't know if there was any outreach to the Chinese government No one knows who owns it, whether it's state-owned, corporate-owned, or why it was flying over Alaska, but it could have been a threat, could have posed a threat to civilian aircraft. You know, a lot of planes fly over Alaska to get to Asia. One of the easiest routes is to head north and go over the top of the world and then fly down into Asia, apparently. So... This object is now deaded, and we shall see what 
happens from there. Yesterday, we mentioned to you the Department of Justice, your Department of Justice and your FBI are targeting those of you who are extreme Catholics, violent extremists, they think you are, because of your Catholic faith. Those of you who hold on to the, what is being called the traditional views of Catholicism are under attacks. Of course, thank you, you're considered to be bigots. Bigots because you believe, you don't go along with some of the same-sex ideas of the modern world, church. And because you pray in Latin, how dare you? Bunch of MAGA violent extremists. Oh, MAGA extremists. Yeah, these leftists love throwing their term around. Hakeem Jeffries. The House Minority Leader is warning that we must stop, whoever we is, I guess as fellow Democrats, they must stop Republicans who view Social Security. He says you extreme MAGA types consider Social Security to be a Ponzi scheme and the Democrats have to stop you. wants Democrats to work to protect the program. The extreme MAGA Republican crowd claims Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. More evidence that they want to destroy it. Democrats must stop them. Jeffries is a political demagogue, of course. Social Security is being run like a Ponzi scheme. It's being run like a pyramid. People put money in, and the closer you get to the top of the pyramid, the fewer people are putting money in. Those who get money out of it become fewer and fewer because there's less money. And that accurately describes what is happening to the Social Security program. Once upon a time, it took a great many workers to contribute into it, and that number has been shrinking. The CBO itself has said recently in the last few weeks, that would be the Congressional Budget Office, for those of you uninitiated into the government acronyms. The CBO has said that unless something is done in in the 2030 year, Social Security is going to go bankrupt. So it is run like a Ponzi scheme. The question is, what do you do about it? Senators Ron Johnson, Senators Rick Scott have different proposals, but they want to save it. And instead of being held as heroes, you have these demagogues like this Hakeem Jeffries who are trying to make it a political war between Republicans and Democrats. And do what? The aim is to scare senior citizens the largest voting bloc in the country, into believing that their Social Security is threatened by Republicans. It's an old playbook by the Democrats. They have been doing this every single year. They are not interested in saving it, nor are they interested in saving anything. Look, this it's not just Social Security. Our entire financial house in America is built on BS. 
we do not have a collateralized economic system. There is nothing of collateral backing the dollars that you spend, except for the full faith and credit of the federal government. We don't have accounting standards in government that we do in the private sector. If we do, if we did, your government would be thrown in jail for fraud. We are printing money without anything to back it. And you wonder why people are looking at new economic systems like crypto. You wonder why people are looking at more blockchain solutions to economic because what is, and and everybody knows this that actually knows economics. And the fact that your Congress, your Senate won't do anything about it is a joke. And yet he sits here and says that extreme MAGA Republicans. Yeah, well, it's not just extreme MAGA Republicans. Anyone that wants honesty, that has any intellectual honesty about the way that this government is funding this out-of-control spending or not funding it, would have to tell you that we are dealing with a house of cards here. You've seen what happens when it collapses. Look at what happened to Greece within the last decade. It all falls apart. Now, the only thing keeping us from falling apart is that we've got so much debt, no one wants to crash it. If the Chinese, for instance, call all the treasury bonds that they bought, it would crash the economy. But what good would that do them? I have about five or six stories about transgenders in school. You find more stories about transgenders in school than you find about education and what's happening in the schools in terms of excellent education standards. The emphasis is on sex in schools and sexual identities. And I'm going to comment about that when we get back from our first break. Before the show, I want to talk about briefly something that happened before the show. I took a call from a very, very dear friend of mine who I worked with for many years on the Rush Limbaugh program. She called to tell me sad news. Her 27-year-old nephew, who was in excellent physical health, she described him as a guy that wouldn't even eat carbs. He was always eating the right thing. He did the right thing. He served his government. He was a member of one of the intelligence agencies for the Navy. In excellent physical health. And suddenly, four days ago, five days ago, he died suddenly. Had a cardiac arrest. Another died suddenly. In the demographic that many people are finding died suddenlies. What they do know is nothing, except he had a heart attack. The intelligence agency is sending coroner down to do an autopsy. He was the child of a single mother. She is totally besides herself with grief. He had a fiancé who is also besides herself with grief. 
the family just can't believe it because he was in such excellent physical health. Oh, I should mention, he was very opposed to having to take the mandated vaccine, but he gave in and recently had taken the vaccine. I am not saying causation. I'm not at all. I am not a doctor. I'm not trying to pretend to be one. But that was something that one of the family's members noted. That is a discussion that they are having among themselves. The cause of death so far is unknown. Suddenly died of a cardiac arrest. He was given the hero's walk, which is why it took four days from the time they knew about it until the day. If you're unfamiliar with the hero's walk, when you're an organ donor at some places, the hospital staff, family members, everyone lines up as you are being brought in for the final surgery to remove your organs. And it takes up to four days because those people who are going to be the recipients of the transplant have to be ready. There were, there were helicopters there, everything there ready for his organs to take them so that he can, in death, provide life for other people. And, that, and, and it's called the Hero's Walk, where that person is there being wheeled into their final surgery, even though they are not aware of it in some cases at all. They're honored, the hospital staff, and, and she described it as just being, at the same time, something beautiful, but something so sad she'll never forget it. Horribly sad. His fiance apparently was trying to still climb on top of the, um, it was just sad. Sad. 27 years old. Perfect health which is why his organs were in such high demand, except for, of course, his heart had a cardiac arrest. And he suddenly died. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Friday rush hour here on WABC. We are coming back. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We return after this. is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77, New York James Golden, a.k.a. Nerdly with you here on a beautiful Friday afternoon. This is Coldplay bringing us back. Clocks. I remember the first time I heard this song. i 
I was watching some movie. I don't even know what movie it was. The credits were rolling, and this song was in the back of it. And I kept saying, what? Who is this? This was one of those first time I heard it. I loved it. I'm like, I got to find out who that is. So, of course, I had to watch the entire credit roll. And then it's like, oh, Coldplay. This is Coldplay. And I immediately bought the song. you um this is one of those things where i, I really want to be careful about how i say what i want to say and i hope i don't make any mistakes because it's kind of a delicate subject it is look folks i'm not a kid anymore you know i've, I've been around a few years and i remember some arguments that used to happen when i was a kid there was a big argument about whether there should be sex education taught in schools. Maybe some of you are old enough to remember that too. In New York. And we had all kinds of issues. There were parents saying, no, you should leave this to the parents. You should leave this for home. Of course, there were, I, I didn't identify a liberal argument then or a conservative argument. I just knew that there was an argument going on. The other side of the argument was that no kids are uneducated. You can't leave it to the parents. One of the reasons that we have increasing pregnancy rates is that so many kids don't really know about sex. And if we give educators the chance to introduce sex and teach sex in the classroom, then we'll solve that problem. Okay. And so the argument was one in favor on the crowd that wanted sex education in schools. Now, what happened before there was sex education in schools? I'll tell you what happened. Parents used to talk to their kids about this is what what the birds and the bees remember that and all that stuff and then i my dad took the three of us there were three kids when we were of a certain age there was some movie that was playing some educational movie at the uh, village place over in rochdale which wasn't too far away there was some and he took us all and we had to there were two movies that actually he took us to see one concerned um sex and the other was a movie about death and and what death was and all that stuff. So my dad would, took us and, and, and we all sat through this movie and it, everything plus more you wanted to know about sex. And, you know, and parents back then wanted to know, did you have, quote unquote, the talk? But no, it was thought that educators should be in charge of sex because too many kids didn't get a good education. So we had sex education in school. And what happened? Pregnancy rate didn't slow down, it exploded. Then came along another debate. This debate happened when I was a young producer in radio, in talk radio. It was still raging, and that debate was, should homo, openly homosexual teachers be allowed to teach in schools? And by this time, you could put politics, or at least I could, to it, and so the 
more conservative side of the debate said, no, you know, we don't, we, we should just not really go down that road because what's going to happen is there will be attempts to groom children. And the left was apoplectic. You bunch of racist, MAGA, swine, horrific person, bigots, homosexual teachers will never teach homosexuality in school. Teachers are not going to bring sex into school. How dare you suggest that they would dare do that? They're just like everybody else. No, they just want to come in and teach the kids reading, writing, arithmetic. Nobody wants to talk about their sex lives in schools. So the liberals now were arguing that, and they were calling all of people on the other side a bunch of bigots and horrible names. And you remember this, those of you old enough. But what happened? The liberals won that debate. They usually win debates when they're public debates. And so we had a bunch of homosexual, now not a bunch, but we had homosexuals accepted in schools. Now, at this point, let me be very careful and say, James Golden has nothing against homosexuals. James Golden has relatives that are homosexuals. I believe what you do in the bedroom with another consenting adult is your damn business, not mine. And frankly, I don't care what you do with another consenting adult. I have enough problems keeping up with everything in my life. And as far as the impact of it on spiritual matters, that's above my pay grade. God created you. God created me. And if you are sinning before the eyes of God, then God will deal with you, just like God will deal with me for the many sins that I do in my lifetime. And by the way, sins aren't just one thing. It just doesn't come down to the sex department. You know, it's a sin to lie. It's a sin to steal. It's a sin to covet your neighbor's wife. It's a, it's a, uh, to steal. There are a whole lot of sins, not just who you put your thing in or who you're boinking. Okay, so that said, the liberals won that argument. And now, what do we have? The definition, of course, has changed. Now we have LGBTQIA+. And now we see that there is so much in our schools that is being discussed that has to deal with what? Sexuality and transgender. There are more stories today in the news about sex and gender than there are about what isn't happening in American schools, which is excellence and learning about things that will help children evolve into productive citizens in the workforce and in their own lives. And it goes beyond the school doors. Of course, we spend so much time talking about this transgender stuff. I don't even want to bring it up some days, but it's flooding the news. Let me give you a few headlines. Disturbing allegations. Missouri AG investigating child gender clinic following a whistleblower report. I alluded to this yesterday. Big story in the Daily Daily Mail about a whistleblower that came forward. I can't even describe some of the things that she claims these kids were just who have went in for gender modification have been subjected to. And some of, it sounds like something out of the worst of what you would expect out of a Joseph Goebbels movie or a Dr. Mengele movie. It is disgustingly horrific. <sighs> Another headline, Mom Sues after, discover, after discovering school district identified her daughter as a male. 
and counseled her daughter on how to bind her breast, how to suppress with tape her breast. That's in school. Here's another one. Hundreds protest teacher who admitted to helping students change gender without the parents' permission. Another story. Big story in the New York Times. When students change gender identity and parents don't know. And of course, the New York Times has such a sympathetic view of this. Here's another headline. Non-binary teacher has good laughs about hiding kids' gender changes from parents. Claims the administration, school administration supports it. And if you have looked at some of the videos on liberals of TikTok seeing the most whacked out looking teachers telling you up front that they are grooming your children for their particular lifestyle, I hearken back to where I started from. Remember back in the days when we first had these arguments and we were all told that no, teachers would never, teachers would never bring their own sexuality into the classroom. No, you're a bunch of homophobic bigots if you think that. Yeah, well, what do you think now? James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, WABC Talk Radio 77. We are coming back. Your call's welcome, 800-848-WABC. Coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Happy birthday, Grant. WABC. Oh, yes, indeed. This song is special uh, to my special friends, Rhonda and Grant. And it's one of my favorites, Stephen Bishop, from the movie Tootsie. You remember Tootsie, Dustin Hoffman's Stella Roll? I think Dave Brewson is playing keyboards on this song. All of my life, lying on the I used to listen to this song over and over again. I used to binge on this song. Whole album is actually really a great soundtrack. He is a tasty guitar player too. He has an album with uh, Earl Clue, and he does some of his songs over again. We gotta, I'm going to get that, because that, he does on and on over again with Earl Clue. It's a different treatment. It's kind of a samba treatment of it. It's beautiful. Michael Irving is suing a woman over a Super Super Bowl hotel misconduct allegation. He has filed a $100 million lawsuit against a female employee who accused him of alleged misconduct during an interaction he had with her at the Renaissance Hotel in Glendale on Sunday night. 
In the lawsuit filed on Thursday and obtained by TMZ, the Hall of Fame wide receiver accused the hotel's management and its employees of making him the victim of cancel culture. He says he's being railroaded with false accusations. Reckless and thoughtless actions can have severe consequences. Marriott is the parent, Marriott is the parent company of the hotel. He says they rushed to judgment. Its employees and management inaccurately and inflammatory accused, inflammatorily accused him, Mr. Irving, of misconduct to the National Football League. He was told to go home. Now, apparently the video, and again, I'm not saying I know what happened, but apparently there's video of this, a 45-second conversation. He gets there, um, and he shakes hands with the woman in the hotel lobby and goes on to his room. Later on, the NFL, uh, I mean, they tell him, hey, get out, go home. And he was being accused of something. We don't know quite what it was. Details of the woman's allegations are not publicly known. But his lawyer told TMZ that his client's reputation has been severely harmed. And he's suing $100 million. Interesting. We shall see how that develops. I met Michael a few times. He came down to see where he was at Russia's wedding, and he came down to the studio when he was leaving football because he wanted to have a career in broadcasting, and he, maybe I shouldn't be telling this story out of school, but, oh, well, too late to bring it back in now. But he came down and visited Rush and asked Rush for some pointers on getting in broadcasting. And he was an extremely nice guy. He also came to Russia's wedding. I saw him again and had a few words with him there, too. Very nice guy. Who knows? Who knows? The Democrat mayor of San Francisco is calling for $25 million more in police funding. The out-of-control crime. The out-of-control crime. She says she wants to make it clear she's not okay with what's going on in her city, the open-air drug dealing. You know, somebody pointed out there was an article, I have to find this, there was an article that someone from San Francisco wrote, one of the billionaires or millionaire class, that left his scathing on the lack of law enforcement. He said, you know, they banned plastic straws in California, but they have not banned plastic needles. They give them away, in fact. And so you have these needles the druggies are using that everywhere. You can expect to pay higher prices for your Super Bowl spread this year, thanks to the inflation. Yeah, this is what uh, a little Hakeem Jeffries demagogue doesn't talk about. Government's been printing up so much money. Inflation has been soaring, dries up the cost of everything. Money we don't have. Did you know that the Biden administration has appointed a member, allegedly, of a Chinese communist front group to represent us in trade? <laughs> I mean, let's just put it in the open these days, I guess, guys. Huh? And Peter Strokestruck is back in the news. He was on PMSNBC. Now they're worried this, the hearings and whether government is weaponized. He's saying that these hearings 
will fan the crazy edge people to commit violence. These hearings on whether government has been weaponized. We know it has been weaponized. Mayor Eric Adams, curiously enough, was on Fox the Five. I wish he'd come on this show. And he's called out Democrats for giving into this whole wokeism thing too much. Notices that they're losing a lot of the Hispanic vote because of wokeism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the guy that mandates everybody to take a prescription. We, we did a story yesterday. This story still infuriates me. The Board of Ed fired those people who didn't want to get the vaccine. But not only did they fire them, they then worked with the FBI to make sure that they were kind of blackballed. They had marks on them. Marks. They, they, they set them up as being, you know, these individuals have a troubled history. And so that when they went for background checks at future employment, they would be denied jobs there, too. So it's not enough to fire you. They wanted to make sure that they stigmatize you and try to prevent you from earning a, lab, uh, a livelihood, all because you wouldn't take their mandated vaccine. And again, before you start calling me an anti-vaxxer, I am vaccinated. But I also believe in freedom. First, freedom before vaccinations. I'm sure the Countess of Kooks would agree with me on that. (sighs) Telephone time here on WABC. Elizabeth in Manhattan, thank you for holding. Thank you for calling. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. First, I want to say that my heart just aches for the family of the young man who died. Uh, And it sounds very untimely. And that's saying, you know, very little. Um, Beyond that, I think what you've brought up is a big aspect of the culture wars, and uh, what I wanted to speak about was I had the opportunity to hear both the um, State of the Union and Sarah Huckabee Sanders' address afterwards without interruption, which was tremendous and a little hard to find, but I'm listening on the radio. And then there was a comment by a rather liberal uh, group of commentators, all very logical, and they said the Republicans, including Sarah Huckabee, was emphasizing the culture wars, and Biden had very carefully avoided that because he believes that everybody should be at peace and not having a cultural war. And my response to hearing what uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, which is very much probably 99% of what I believe, I think is an indication that we need to flame the cultural wars. And what you said about the slippery slope of education and sexual education uh, certainly is a great illustration of the slippery slope. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders mentioned that it's a difference between an insanity and reasonableness. I think insanity actually is a very polite way of saying what some of us think and privately could think is probably not run-of-the-mill, possibly even not normal. But we do not want to legislate to any individuals that their lifestyle or their life choices, other than anything that might be illegal, is in any way abnormal. But insane is the way she described it, and I believe that we don't need to make peace in terms of the culture wars, I really think we need to keep the war logical, but absolutely.
absolutely strong because we are being attacked. I had one other funny thing to add because you Mm -hmm. mentioned the talk. And my favorite dad, which is not currently my husband because he's a daughter, he has two daughters, but um, uh, a gentleman in our neighborhood was assigned by his wife to give the two boys a talk. If they had had women, children, uh, girls, she would have given the talk. And when he gave the talk, his probably eight-year-old older child said, you mean you had to do it twice? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. We are going to play Sarah Sanders, Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders' entire speech tomorrow. We said that earlier in the week that we asked for it and Jen got it for us. We're going to have the uh, Sarah... Huckabee Sanders' speech in its entirety. You have to hear what she framed it as. She says, no longer. This is no longer about the right and the left. What we're arguing about now is normalcy versus crazy. And among other things. And she's absolutely right. And these culture wars, again, and I love what Elizabeth said there. Look, we're not out trying to condemn people on this side of the aisle. If you, whatever your lifestyle is, have your lifestyle. We are kind of a live and let live. As long as it's not illegal, you do you do you do you. But the problem is stop trying to do you and force us to do you too. You know, and that's where these culture wars are headed. It's not enough that they do them. They want you to do them. They want you to embrace their lifestyle wholeheartedly too and to teach your children. And that's where a lot of the cultural divide is landing right now. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, we're coming back. More of your calls straight ahead. Don't go away. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, you'll be happy to know that the uh, company... Balenciaga, they are partnering with the National Children's Alliance to do something. Mm. Yeah, we were going to play some Kanye because historically he released his debut album, The College Dropout. It would go on to win the Grammy for the best rap album. That was back in 2004. But then we had an internal discussion here about Kanye. And his rather odd views on certain things. And we decided, no. Let's go back to the telephone, shall we? Bob in Trumbull, Connecticut, thank you for waiting. You're up next. Mr. Snurdly, Social Security, it's not that much of a Ponzi scheme. It's more of a theft. Because Think about it. Out of your paycheck, 0.0765 comes out for Social Security and Medicare, and your company matches it. So that's a lot of money. And the old saying was you put 10% into your retirement fund. So with Social Security... And the match, you're putting more than that. These Social Security's racist. These 
It's also would... racist. Did you know that Social Security is racist? And I'll, let me explain, Bob. Here's the deal. If you are a black guy and you've been working all your life, if you look at the actuarial tables, you ain't going to live to collect your Social Security. The highest longevity for those collecting the dough is white women in terms of the actuarial tables. So black guys can work all their lives. They die early. And who ends up collecting their benefits? Not their ancestors, not anybody. It's other people. That was one of the arguments for privatizing it and doing what Chile did, which is letting people keep their own Social Security, using it as an investment fund for yourself. But see, that's against Social Security. Let me grill the staff. I love grilling the staff, and this is going to be our last time to grill Jen. So we'll start with Jen. Jen Grod. Who was a Gengrod? Where? Who came up with this brilliant idea of Social Security? The liberals. <laughs> no, that's go more specific. Who was it? There was a political figure that came up with Social Security. Diego's waving his hand, so I'm going to just say. A president. A president. Did. A president. Wrong. I know. <laughs> Hold on to your answer. I got to get the. I got to get our white nationalist in here. Well, I apparently don't know because I thought it was FDR. But if it's not a president, then I don't know. It's it was not FDR. FDR. No, it's not. No. No. Yet to too. all of you, the idea of Social Security originated with Otto von Bismarck oh. in Prussia, and this was an idea to basically keep the masses mollified and keep them content will give them some money in their old age so that they won't be storming at the gates. And if you go through the history of Otto von Bismarck, which most people won't do, you will find this was an amazing idea. And this idea of Social Security has been with us now for hundreds of years. Failed as it may be. Thank you, Bob. You see what you sparked? Rockland County. Jorge, George, it's your turn. How are you, George? I'm good. Okay. Thanks for taking my call, James. So the platters, okay. Can you talk a little bit about them? We don't Only hear much. You. Yeah, the platters. The platters was an amazing group. Now, I got to be honest with you. The platters, when I was a young tyke, some of the olders, you know, the, that's, that was my parents' generation. They used to play the platters and they loved the platters. It took me a long time to get into the platters. I was working in my first job in radio, and Bobby J, who is just one of my mentors in music, schooled me, and Bobby J um, um, sat me down and took me through some of the Platters catalogs and absolutely blew my mind. And so one day we should play some Platters here because they are superb vocalists, and their group was amazing. Of course, we all know The Great Pretender and Ebb Tide and... Some of those songs, but the platters, only you, all these songs, they were amazing, an amazing group, and, and they deserve to be recognized as such. Thank you for the call. And by the way, tomorrow we're going to celebrate, again, Burt Bacharach, we're going to celebrate the Beatles, we're going to celebrate a lot of people on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Helena, I want to get to you really quick. How are you? Yeah, real quick, I want people... To uh, maybe start in the schools, an organization, Students Against Bullying. 
So somebody that's being bold has some place to turn to. This story that you're referring to, this girl that was bullied and committed suicide, this is horrific. It's a horrific story, Helena. Jeff, very quickly. I'm sorry, Helena. We can talk more tomorrow if you give us a call. I'm sorry to cut you short. Jeff, you're up next. James, I'll probably hit you up on your social media page, but I just wanted to piggyback on one of your callers real quick and something else I wanted to say about um, the young man that passed away. I'm very sorry about that. I'll hit you up on social media, James. It's okay. Thank you. Our time's up. I'm so sorry. Jen, we love you. We love you, Jen. We love you, Jen. Thank you for everything. Diego will be back with us in the morning. White supremacist, Scott will be... No, nationalist. I'm sorry. Different. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'll miss you. I'll miss you too, my love. We'll be here in the morning, 7 a.m. Be here with us for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. See you tomorrow. Bye. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.